So if you have a Bible with you, you might like to turn with me to the letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians 2, and starting at verse 11. I'm continuing a series that we're looking at about God's new society. And this has been based in this letter, the letter to the Ephesians. And my theme for this morning is um, looking at the theme of raising barriers or building bridges. Raising barriers or building bridges. And uh, we're going to look at this this morning. Therefore, remember, verse 11, that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which He put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. During the Great War, some comrades in arms um, were looking to bury one of their friends who was killed in action. And um, they had some leave at that time. And they found um, a church with a, a graveyard, a cemetery. And they went in to see the parish priest to see if they could arrange this man's funeral and so that he could be buried on consecrated ground. They felt that, you know, he was serving his country, was killed in in action, and it was somewhere in France at the time, and they found this place. And uh, the the priest looked at the records of uh, the parish and inquired at uh, the religious background for the particular soldier that had been um, killed in action and uh, had to apologize to them profusely and say, I'm so sorry that this person, this man, cannot be buried here because of the particular church background that he comes from. You know, he can't be buried here. So the, the, his friends, the comrades in arms, uh, the soldiers, um, despondently decided that what they would do is they would 
not argue over that, but they would bury their friend um, near the wall or near the fence or the dividing piece of land, near as they possibly could, uh, by the fence to this uh, graveyard. And that's what they did. They, the priest said, I will do a blessing, I will come, and I will conduct something for you. I'm so sorry. And so he did, the priest came, he conducted a service, and just outside, just right next to almost this graveyard, but outside on the side of the fence, um, they conducted and buried their friend. Well, these men had to go back in, into action, and uh, off they, they went. And some months later, they felt that on leave again, they wanted to pay their respects to their friend and uh, to go to the grave to say a prayer. And uh, they went back, and they went back to the church. They found the place, and they went back to the, the, the site, the place where they had buried their friend. They couldn't find the burial. They couldn't find the grave. They couldn't find the site. This caused consternation they they thought what on earth is happening so they went in to see the priest and speak to him he said come with me so he took them and off they went through this cemetery through this graveyard and there within the cemetery in the corner was this man's grave they were shocked they were amazed they thought what is going on we buried him outside there was the, the partition fence the priest said oh no he said but I've took it upon myself. I'll probably be in trouble with the bishop, but I felt after conducting the ceremony, this couldn't be. He had to be on consecrated ground. So I moved the fence myself to include him within the consecrated ground. And you know, in life, and this is exactly what Jesus Christ has done. We've read a passage whereby he has moved the barrier between you, me, each other, And most importantly, with God. We've been singing about this all morning. The great sense of God's presence in the house as we're gathered together about how through Jesus Christ we have this relationship with an amazing God through the blood of Jesus by his mercy, forgiveness and grace. And uh, But the thing is in life, you know, you and I, we 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 can put up barriers and we can remove barriers. We can put up fences. We can get offended about this and offended about that. And we can have like uh, invisible barriers between one another. Fences, barriers, whatever you want to call them. Or we can build bridges. We can take the barriers down and build a bridge. And it's that that we're going to look at this morning as we look at this passage together. Because this passage is really all about Jesus, the amazing bridge builder, who has taken down a barrier between mankind and God and has built a bridge to life whereby we can have access to the most amazing God on the, in the universe. And that's what, what we're going to look at. And how that practically then can be incorporated into our lives, in our families, in our homes, in our marriages, in our relationship with God, in our relationship with one another, in church life. This could be something that can be taken into the practicalities of life as well as be enjoyed as a Christian in the presence of God right now, right here this morning. There was a title um, given to Roman leaders. I'm a bit of an anorak when it comes to a bit of ancient history. And when I was at school, I loved history. I did well at O-level history, took it as a, at an A-level in history, loved it. And I'm particularly the period of life in time that I like is classical history, time of the Greeks and the Romans. And something that I found out as I, as I looked was that the, the leader of the Roman Empire had a title given to him. And it was this title, one of the titles, many titles, Caesar, 
uh, emperor. But one of the titles was this, Pontifax Maximus. The title Pontifax Maximus, today you would know well as the pontiff or the pope. But in its essence, going back many, many centuries, maybe two and a half thousand years or more going back, Pontifax Maximus was a title given to the, the, Rome, the main Roman general or proconsul and ultimately Caesar, the emperor of the Roman Empire. It, was a, a, it meant bridge builder in chief. Bridge builder in chief. Interesting title. An amazing one. Uh, and uh, later, as the, uh, the Christianity spread throughout the Roman Empire, and then the church that was based in Rome, I haven't got time to go through a, a, a history, but in the western part of the church, it, the, the bishop of the Roman church rose in power and influence and was given this secular title, quasi-secular religious title of bridge builder in chief, that being the bridge between mankind and God. And uh, with the bridge builder in chief. But Julius Caesar, in, when he conducted uh, what they called the Gallic Wars, so his campaign to um, uh, subdue Germany and France, he built the most amazing bridge. I know that you're going a bit glazed eyes, some of you now looking at me. But he built this incredible bridge, or his engineers did, across the River Rhine. Histor- classical historians and engineers say the River Rhine's a really wide river. If you, any of you that have gone there, some of you probably have. It's really wide and it runs really fast. And the point that they, the Romans crossed, you know, the German tribes on one side, the Romans on the other. The German tribes waved at them. Probably didn't wave at them. They probably did a few other things, but there you go. And what happened was gradually the Romans got this bridge that took many months, if not years, to build and got across the other side. In the days before scuba divers could go down, they had huge cranes, sinking um, concrete posts. They built this most incredible bridge across the River Rhine. And Julius Caesar, the proconsul, before he he became sort of the main leader of the Roman Empire, had this title. Because his army was so successful, they think that building those bridges were able for them to go on and subdue most of Germany and most of um, France and then ultimately move over then to Britain. And the British tribes conquered a huge part of the world. He had the title given to him, Bridge Builder in Chief, Pontifax Maximus. Now, Jesus Christ is Pontifax Maximus. There's no human person on the face of this planet that is Bridge Builder in Chief. We've just read that Jesus bridges the gap between mankind and God. And the barrier that there was between mankind and God, Jesus has taken that barrier away. And it's that that I want to look at this morning. So there's three things, very quickly, that I want to look at. And uh, the first thing is that we, uh, live in, we lived in separation. Second thing is that Jesus comes to bring reconciliation. And the third thing is that that ultimately ends up with unification. So I want to speak about separation, reconciliation, and unification. At this moment in the, in the news, the Unification Church, the Moonies, have just come into the news conducting a mass ceremony of uh, people to be married. Thousands of people, the Reverend Sung Young Moon. Get, I'm not talking about Unification Church. So when I speak about unification this morning, we'll look at what that means. Um, but we're going to go there over the next few moments. So first of all, we read that we were separated. There was a big gap between 
us, mankind and God. I wonder if you could put up something for me um, on the screen. It's going to come up in a moment or two. If we could turn off those lights that sort of just project up here, you might see something that comes up. That'd be great. Thank you. Wow. That, uh, that's not me, by the way. <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows I don't like heights. Uh, Dickie had to help me get up on a step la- on, a, on a ladder just to stand uh, above the porch the other day to look at the roof. And for me to get up and stand on the top rung, he said, I'll give you, get hold of my hand. I, will, I don't like heights. But that is the Grand Canyon. It's amazing what you can get off the Google these days, isn't it? But that's the Grand Canyon, someone standing the other side of the Grand Canyon. And we read these words. It says, uh, Therefore, remember that formerly you as Gentiles by birth were called uncircumcised by those who call themselves circumcision. Remember, verse 12, that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners of the covenants of his promise, without hope and without God in the world. Separate from Christ, separate from God, and without hope in the world. And uh, between human beings and God, there has been a separation. It's as big, if not bigger, than the Grand Canyon. That man standing there probably needs, in my view, his head examined. Because if I, I know it's one of the great wonders of the world, the Grand Canyon. If any of you have ever been there, I've met one or two in our church that have been there. It's a most remarkable um, wonder, the Grand Canyon. He's standing there contemplating the other side. And uh, we've just read that between human beings and God, we were separate. Our sin separates us from God. Sin, remember last week we looked at what sin is? It means to fall short, miss the mark, live without God. I haven't got time to go into it again, but if you listen to what I was sharing last week, this is building on from last week. Sin separates, we fall short, we miss the mark, living for ourselves without God. And every single person on the face of this planet lives like that. And what that does, it causes a big gap, a big chasm, a big gulf. A barrier, another picture could be a barrier between us and God. And no matter what you do, if that guy jumps, there's only one place he's going. He's going down. And you and I, when we try to make the jump to reach God, get to God, we go down. We go down. And so there is this separation in our hearts. This is why people will say to you, I don't get this God thing. Who is God? I don't understand it. There is no God. You can talk to your blue in the face to somebody because there's a separation. There's something in our hearts whereby we've fallen away from God. No matter what we do, living good lives, that's good. You know, being doing good things, that's really good. But no matter how far that guy, no matter how much training he does, no matter how hard he runs at that edge, he could take a 100-meter sprint. He could reach, I don't know, 15 miles an hour. He could, he could, he could run 100 meters in 9.81 seconds. He could be the fastest man on the, on the face of the earth, as Usain Bolt has been described, the fastest man on the planet. But no matter how hard he trains, no matter how fast he runs, as he runs over to the edge, he will go down. And that's like you and me in life. No matter what we do in life, Paul shares, he says, you were separate. You had a chasm. There was a barrier. There was a gulf in your heart, mind, and spirit between you and God. And so we were separate. And he goes on to say, without hope and without 
without God. But there's something amazing happens. And this is quite incredible that what God has done for you and for me. And that's why this morning, as I sing and as we sing, there's a real sense of hope in our hearts as we embrace all the love that Jesus has for us. That Jesus Christ, if we could put up the next thing for me, Jane, that'd be great. It's a, a bit of a short PowerPoint. That's super. Okay. So if you can just give it a click, that'd be good. Okay, so we, we read. If you just leave that there for a moment, that'd be great. So this is the picture of the chasm, the gulf, the gap. And so sin separates, but Jesus comes to reconcile. And we, we read those words in verse, 40, in verse is, um, 13. Second point then, reconciliation. In verse 13, we read these words. It says, but now in Christ Jesus. So this is a bleak picture. Us on one side and God on the other side. So we just stop there for a minute. So this is the picture that Paul says. He says that you were separate from God. There's that Grand Canyon gap in our hearts between us and God. And the only place that is and the sin that separates us means that we will go down. If you give the next click, that'd be great. Something should come up, he says, Hopefully. So between us and God, there's a gap. There's this gap between us. And uh, it's a, like a barrier, a chasm. And so uh, we see there in verse 13, But now Christ Jesus, uh, you who once were far away, have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And something should be coming up. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its com- commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man from the two. And verse 16, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. Hallelujah. There you go. It has come up. So... <laughs> What Jesus Christ has done is bridged the gap. He took the barrier down and he himself becomes our bridge between us and God. And to reconcile means this, to bring together again. In verse 16 it says, God, Jesus has reconciled us to God. And so that grand canyon gap in our hearts between us and God, Jesus Christ paid the price. And on the cross, he put his hand in the hand of God. And his hand, as he stretched out on the cross, in your hand and my hand. And has put your hand and my hand in the hand of God and bridged the gap and paid the price for sin. Taken away the wrath of God. We looked at that last week. So that we now have not a barrier, but a bridge through Jesus to God. That is unbelievable. It's amazing. It's grace. It's mercy. Because while I was still a sinner, it said that Jesus died for me. While I was still standing on the other side of the Grand Canyon of life, Jesus died for me in eternity so that today I might be able to cross that canyon, as it were, in the spirit to God through Jesus Christ. That's mercy. That's love and forgiveness. It's scandalous that I turned my back up until the age of 20 years of age. I lived for myself. And even while I was living for myself, God loved me so much that he would give his life for me and for you. It's amazing. That's called grace, unmerited favor and mercy. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve anything, but God gives it because he loves 
And love gives. Love gives. And so he gives his son. It's an amazing picture of forgiveness and bridge building. He is Pontifex Maximus, bridge builder in chief between you and God. And so he brings us together. Bridge builders bring together, reconcile, brought back together again in life. But it didn't just stop there. Next click, please. Not only does he bring us together, he destroys death so that we have life. Next one again, thank you. He unifies us so that we have access to God. That's the third point. We were separated. Jesus comes to bring reconciliation, but not just reconciliation, to bring the two parts together. But not only to bring together, but to unify us, make us one, make us one. You know, we can be in this room, but we're not necessarily pulling together. We're as, acting as one. And what Jesus did in his body, he took the two and made us one. And the idea there is being drawn together as one in himself it's amazing with god we can be at peace with god don't wait till it's too late people make their peace on their deathbed you can make your peace now be at peace now and have a great life do it now encourage your family and friends to be at one at peace with god it's amazing it's incredible now so we see sort of pictorially there separation reconciliation And unification, it goes on to say there, that he, and in this one body, to reconcile both of them to God, through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility, he came and preached peace to you who are far away, and peace to you who are near, for through him we both have access to the Father by the one spirit. The word one, 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 one spirit, one body. One hope, one peace. That word one there brings this idea of unity. Um, it, it, it's so stark from, verse, um, from uh, verses 12 uh, where it says we were separated, separated, separated from God, without hope, without God. And now in verse 14 onwards, we're one with God. It's, amazing, it's so stark a contrast from death now into life, from darkness now into light. And there's the picture of hope and life that we have with access to God and freedom and hope and forgiveness. Right here, right now, right in the spirit through Jesus Christ and his spilt blood for you and for me. He is our bridge. He is our peace. And right now, no matter, and I said this last week, this is grace. No matter how bad you've been or how good you've been, it doesn't matter how bad you've been or how good you've been. If you've been really good, you still can't make that jump and get to the other side. So let's not fool ourselves. Oh, I'm too bad for God. It's not how too bad or how too good you are. It's all down to God's grace. It's all down to mercy, love and forgiveness, unmerited. That's why I'm at the mercy of God. Our planet is at the mercy of God. I want to say to you, God is incredibly merciful. We have been discovering that he lavishes love. This is what it's all about. Now, this is why in in chapters 1 and 2, we look at our position the mercy, the love, the forgiveness of God, and are convinced that we are overwhelmed as human beings with love. Overwhelmed. It's a great position to be in. You might not feel like that right now. You've just got to cross the bridge into the heart and life of God. Now, okay, so separation, reconciliation, unification. Finally now, last couple of minutes, application. Let's look at how we apply that then 
to our lives. So while it speaks as a, to be a Christian, we were once separated, but through faith in Jesus Christ, we cross. We cross that bridge of Jesus by putting our faith and trust in his forgiving mercy to our hearts and lives. You know, in life, we can build bridges just as Jesus builds a great bridge for you and I, or we can put up barriers. You know, I find in life there's a cycle of relationship. Uh, Three things. It's all in threes this morning. Three things in relationship. And it's this. Um, I find that when you meet somebody, if you get married first, meet somebody at work, start a new job, join a new church, you know, when it's new, it's nice and shiny. Everything's lovely and rosy, isn't it? You get to, it's because it's, it's initial things. And, uh, and um, it's great. It's like your new car. You always go out and shine it. And um, everything's great. It's, it's shiny and rosy. And, and, it's great. and after a while, when you bump into your boss at work or that person in the seat behind you or next to you in church life or your pastor or whoever it might be, or um, your, your husband or your wife, or, and you get to know someone after a while, it, it's not quite so shiny. Sparks fly. Starts off shiny, but secondly, sparks begin to fly. Sparks can fly. And as sparks fly, uh, we've got a choice. And what I can think that sometimes can happen, the third thing happens, um, we can get a bit offended, put up a barrier, and separate. We can be separated, separated from each other. I don't mean to say you walk out on each other necessarily, but we back off. A barrier goes up. We keep away. We avoid. We don't talk to for a while. And the ultimate is, if that continues in that way, we move away. That's the ultimate, and the, the, the ultimate thing that happens. So it starts off shiny. Sparks can fly. And the danger is that we back off and things can separate. Um, it's a, what they call a separation cycle. Because if we put up barriers, it forces us away from each other. So what are we going to do? What are we going to have to do? What we can do in life is break the separation cycle with what? Break the separation cycle with a bridge. Whoopie-doo, you say. Easier said than done. Absolutely right. Easier said than done. But we're going to look at how we can do this. Because Jesus is our bridge builder in chief. Now that lovely picture and PowerPoint and this lovely, lovely, fluffy feeling of feeling all good inside because I'm forgiven and I've received grace. We're now going to take that and release that as the tire hits the road of my life and your life and our lives together and the lives that we meet all around us. And we're going to look at how we do that in just these next couple of minutes. So we speak of The separation cycle, shiny, sparks light, and the danger of separation. We break that cycle with a bridge. Three things. Again, three little things that we can do that help break the separation cycle. They all begin with L. Number one, let God. How do we build a a bridge? How do we build a bridge? Number first thing we can do is this. Let God. Let God. What do I mean by that? Number of things. First of all, Ask for wisdom. Help! I need to understand. I need your help, God. I need to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. I, 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 I need, you know, 
It's great to have lots of advice, but I really need to know what to do, God. The Bible, it says in the Bible, ask for wisdom and God will give it. You don't have wisdom because you don't ask. And when you do ask, you then don't lay hold of it. You chop and change. Ask for God's wisdom. So first of all, let God. So how do we let God? Ask for wisdom. Uh, Ask for strength. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come and give us strength. How do we let God? Easier said than done. Ask for wisdom. How do we let God? Ask for strength. The power of the person of the Holy Spirit. God, give me strength. Some of you are saying, I really need it. Give me strength, Lord, to deal with a situation, a relationship, a disagreement, an upset, a hurt, a worry, an anxiety, something, a habit, something that's going on at work with my boss or in my family or with our children or in church life. Help, wisdom, God, give me wisdom. God, give me strength. Let God, let God. That's easier said than done, but the Holy Spirit will give us amazing Wisdom and amazing strength. God says, ask, you shall receive. Ask. So let God. Second thing, love them. Number one, this is how you build a bridge. Number one, you let God. Number two, we love them. Love them. To love. To love. Jesus loves. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John three sixteen. To love. The word love there means love with no strings attached. It's a particular word. It means unmerited favor, no strings attached. I will do this for you if you do this for me. It doesn't mean that. It's a love that doesn't look to get anything. It's selfless. It's the type of love. So in John 3.16 where it says God so loved the world, it means God so no strings attached, selflessly loves you and me. Doesn't look for anything in return. That's amazing. That's grace. You and I look, I look for something. I'm a human being. I'm, you, you and I do. At least I think I'm a human being. It doesn't look for anything in return. To love, that's called Christ love, Jesus love, God love. Where it says in Ephesians, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That word love there means self, we'll look at this in, in the near future. Selfless, without no strings attached. It's incredible. And so when we say love them, it means that type of, it's, it's grace. It's a grace love. Grace is God's love displayed. Selfless, no strings attached, favor. Now, boy, do I need wisdom, and boy, do I really need help. You need wisdom, and you probably need help right now. Because we look, we recoil, we put up the barrier, we we don't put a bridge. Our first action is to reaction, and it's recoil, barrier, upset, fear, anxiety. That naturally happens. What we're looking at now is to break that cycle. And to break that cycle is to let God, and to break that cycle, second thing that needs to be added is love them. And we love them if we listen to them. One person said this, seek first to understand, then be understood. We show love by listening, trying to understand, trying to hear another person's point of view. That's very hard if you disagree. If I disagree, you disagree. That's a hard thing to do. That's why we need wisdom. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the grace of God. That lovely, fluffy feeling of how wonderful it is to be forgiven. God then says, you have been forgiven. Now you go and forgive. You are, 
got grace upon your life. Now go and give that grace away. So to listen to them. Secondly, people, uh, it's to really love them. Uh, uh, a guy called Floyd McClung said this, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Love, love. Thirdly, forgive. Jesus, forgive. So there's this idea of listening, understanding before I'm understood, of loving, caring, and forgive. You say, Adrian, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how hurt I am. You are absolutely right. I do not know. And you don't know me. But I know this. I know that I know that Jesus Christ has built a bridge through his life and death and resurrection for me to have access to the forgiveness and healing hand of God. And he now likewise wants you to be a bridge builder too. A bridge builder too. Let God love them. Finally, with this we close, look after yourself. Let God love them. Look after yourself What I mean by this, stay emotionally healthy. Work at your own life. Get your work-life balance. Are you stressed right now? Then don't have a debate with someone if you're stressed right now because you might lash out. It's fact, isn't it? Try not to make a decision when you're angry. Take a step back. I find, and most psychologists would say this, uh, in an op- psychologist, observe life. They just observe habit, people, lifestyle, and the way we think and act. Uh, people treat you according to how they see themselves. We treat each other very often in life with how we see ourselves. You know when someone might recoil and lash out at you a little bit and you think, oh, they just hate me. It might not be that they necessarily hate you, but they're going through quite a hard time. And their view of themselves is the way they view you. It's helped me to understand that. Try to understand where people come from. So it's it's so important. So it's like we, we look at life through the mirror of ourselves. That's the idea there. That's why it's great to know our position in God and to look at life in the mirror of Christ. That's why we're spending a long time looking at grace, position, lavished with love. It's good to see ourselves in the mirror of Christ. It's not a case of mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the loveliest of them all? You are Jesus. And I see you. You are Jesus and I see you in me. That's where we're moving in life. More of Jesus in our lives. That's what we're seeking to do as Christians. Be more like him. But you know, when you look in the mirror, you see you. And you don't have to look in the mirror to just live your life and filter the way you feel and act with the way you feel about yourself. There's a little bit of truth in that. might not be completely true, but there's a little bit of truth in that. So that's why I would say, look after yourself. Look after your health. Don't make a decision when you're upset or angry. Get sleep. Try and eat well. I know you say, well, that's common sense stuff. But you'd be surprised when we get ground down, when we're anxious... When going through your head are the words of someone that says to you, you'll never be anything, you'll never be anything. So you live like nothing and you treat everyone else as if they're saying that to you. So it's, we've got to get ourselves. And Jesus said, love your neighbor as you do yourself. Not that we just mirror, mirror on the wall how lovely I am, but I see Jesus in me. 
and I in him. And this is what it's all about in our lives. And so to seek God, to pray, to get good work-life balance, good church-life balance, work-life and church-life balance too, and to eat well. So let God love them, look after yourself. And so then we're in a position where we can build bridges, build bridges, build bridges, build bridges, and not raise barriers, and not raise barriers with one another. Let's pray together. Bless you, folks. I feel um, incredibly challenged. Never in my life, in 20, uh, nearly 23 years of Christian ministry, have I felt so challenged and stretched beyond, almost feeling stretched beyond the limits of who I am as a person, as a Christian leader. So quite anxious and stretched. Never have I felt like that more than I do this very day that I stand here right now. I feel like that. But never have I also felt so positive about the future, so excited about what God is about to do, and I feel doing amongst us as a church, in our church. Never, it's, it's a bizarre feeling. It's like there's two sides of something here in my heart and life, and there's two sides of something of us as a church. And I feel that there's something new happening in our worship, in our atmosphere, in our hearts and lives. And there's a challenge, but it's a glorious one. It's a challenge of grace. It's a challenge of love. And it's one that God is releasing in our hearts and wanting to release all the more. And there's a fresh day, not just coming, but happening right now in our hearts and lives. I believe all the things that we hope to happen will happen now. I believe that things that we wanted to see in our church with buildings and facilities, it's going to happen now. But that's only tip of the iceberg. The main thing for me is people and the hopes and aspirations we had about people, lives, families, relationships. It's going to happen now. And there's great things happening and about to happen too. And it comes when we put down bridges, bridges, bridges of life. And we come to the author of life. Jesus is our bridge to life. And he now says, now go you likewise in me. Show mercy, live in grace, give love away. Father God, see our hearts this morning. Open hearts, hungry hearts, desperate hearts. Some of us anxious hearts, maybe one or two fearful hearts. But see our hearts and they're open wide. Thank you that that big Grand Canyon gap now has gone. And the potential for it is taken away through Jesus, our bridge to life. And now we have access to you, God. Forgiveness, hope, mercy, friendship, love, peace, incredible, healing, power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is for us right now. And it's not just a little bit. You say you lavish it on us right now. Overwhelm. And I pray for a flood, tide of love to be released upon your people. Husbands, wives, single, young, older, children, believers, those not sure what we believe. A tide, an amazing tide of love, grace, 
Pray for a fresh sense now, Father. We're sensing it in our worship now, in our experience and practice towards one another, the world around us, in our community. Release new, afresh. In Jesus' name we pray. Bridges, bridges, amazing bridges to break out all around this place, all around our lives, hopes, dreams, aspirations, marriages, homes, relationships with our children, loved ones, community, at work, in our town, in this area, between churches, bridges, amazing things, miracles happen in our hearts and lives as we seek to just be filled with your mercy and give it away, and give it away. In Jesus' amazing and wonderful name we pray. Amen.